morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever and whenever you are tuning into today's podcast. Um, today we have Ben Collins, the MD at Showcase AVI, um, uh, an institution in the events industry working with lots of venues and events and corporates all around the world. Ben, welcome to the podcast. Thanks very much, Adam. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. Ben, we're, we're here today to talk obviously about some of the work that you've been doing in virtual and hybrid events and how you've positioned Showcase AVI to be a, what I would class as a full service provider. Everything from dealing with speakers to the technology, to the platform, to delivery, recording, ex execution, etc. But I think before we, we go into that, um, one, let's talk about your, your history. How did you get to where you are now with Showcase AVI? What did that look like? Um, and second to that, we'll, we'll come into it afterwards, but your own experience as a supplier to the sector and how the pandemic has obviously changed and transformed your, your business over the short term and what that might like look to the long term. So how did you guys get into, into the industry? Uh, I don't know if you've got long enough, Adam, if I'm brutally honest, but I'll have a go. Um, I've, I've, I've been in um, the audiovisual side of, of the events industry from, since I left school. Um, my father was in it. Um, he was in broadcast side with a company called Viewplan Broadcast, and that's how I was uh, introduced to this world. Um, and then just formulated through and spent a, last, a large amount of my time at uh, Piccadilly Hire, Piccadilly Broadcasting Professional in the early days. So that's where I, I sort of cut my teeth into the industry and, and was yeah. always from a, like a rental house or from a, from a service provider for AV. Um, Obviously, London-based, uh, been down here, and, um, and and I spent a bit of time. Came out of the industry about um, 10, 12 years ago for a couple of years, just for a change. But then and, um, my wife got me back into it um, because she worked for Piccadilly, <laughs> so uh, dragged me back in. You can't get out, just so you know. It's once yeah. you're in events, you're in events. I'm sure everyone will be able to resonate with everyone. Um, but so got back in, and then. Um, I just decided, you know, I've seen a lot of good and I've seen a lot of bad in our industry for, for AV and I just had, a, I had an idea and a bit of a drive and determination uh, to, to do this for myself really and, and build something and, and, and like you say, become an institution if you can. As I said, we'll never be, you know, you always hear me say, never be big as the likes of the Blitzes, the GESs, you know, the PRGs, we, you know, whilst we, we, we've done our cap to them, you know, big industry pros. Um, we'd, we'd like to be a tenth of that, and I, I think we've, what we've got as a marketplace and, and, and a market share of what we do, I think we've, we've, we've eventually got there to what we are now today, you know, pre-pandemic. <laughs> yeah, pre that's, that's going to be a thing that we say as well, pre-pandemic. I've, I've yeah. heard um, the whole BC is before Corona now, like that's how people are referring to yeah. it. So I yeah. think we'll, it's interesting how you got into it, and, and you're right, you know, it's, it's a very... A, a, the industry just drags you back in constantly. I, I did a little stint outside of it as well, and, and I think like lasted two years before I before I ended up coming back in. And I think there's so yeah, many I, I was things. two I was two years. Yeah, I was two years. It's like we get like a seven year itch. We think we want to do something else, and then we realise how good the industry actually is, and how <laughs> how um, it's so friendly, isn't it? I, that's what I find. It's you know, it's actually huge, a big huge. Yeah, I think I think it's paramount now. With um, when you look at the economy. And then you look at all the different industries within the economy, like what's being affected, and then makes you really feels like a village. Um, you feel like you, you feel like you're in a really small environment. Actually, we deliver some massive stuff. You know, if you, if you take the corporate side that we're in, but festivals, you know, concerts, everything. If you if you sort of put it all together in a box, it's massive. Um, but you still like you walk around on the circuit, you see people. I don't mean just our industry trade shows, you know, you'd always bump into, especially with what we do, bumping out people when you're going in and out of venues, in and out. But I don't suppose there's many industries that everyone thinks you're crazy when you actually explain what you do. And they say, what's that? Oh, yeah, you know, it's 20 hour days, you know, it's not, never, never stops. And then they go, Jesus, you know, that sounds madness. But yeah, actually, it's a buzz. It's a, for me, the reason I still do it, it's a buzz. I like getting the, I like to come up with the creation. We like to pull it all together. I've got a very, very, very good team behind me. And then when we, we do the design, we go out as a team, you know, and, and I say that can be that can be other partners that we might procure into or, or the, where we've got the venues, our clients. You know, we've got a very good loyal client base. You know, we've worked for many, many years, which was always my key driver for when Showcase started. We want, we want repeat business, we want to build a relationship. And I'm, and I'm proud to say that's what we have got. Um, 
irrespective of pandemics um, and, and getting out there to deliver that. So, so for me, when you get to the delivery point, it goes live and it goes really, it goes, you know, epically well. And the clients, you know, have got hugs and high fives at the end of it. For me, I'm like, yeah, that's it. You know, uh, you know, obviously getting paid is always good. But you know, the buzz is that, is you go live. It's live industry, the live events industry. I think anyone will agree with us now that that's, that's why we're in it. That's yeah. why. I think our industry is so unique, really, because we have immovable deadlines and so many moving parts. And, you know, we, like you rightly said, we, we touch every other sector. Our, our industry supports every industry. That's, that's the way that I look at it. And we're a key integral part of it. I hear from, you know, the owners of events or corporates or event marketers, or people in marketing that do events all the time that, you know, it's so critical to their business happening, both both on a business side of things, but also on a, you know, community that they're fostering their own community and supporting their customers and touching base with them. They're so, it's so intricate um, yeah. and how and so important that although frustratingly, you know, and before we, we had the chat on the podcast here, you mentioned it that it's you know we would be the last to come back almost you know travels back and other sectors are already back or not even necessarily been affected massively like we are so important to actual business happening and, and stopping recessions and, and things like that like you know it's it's great to be in a sector like that and i think you either you either love the events industry or you hate it you, 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 yeah yeah absolutely you've been you run, if, you, if you dip your toe into this industry and you, you're, you're cut for it, I think, is the way to way to do it. Mm. I've seen people come and go, again, not just in what we industry, but people all around, client side as well. And you see they come and they go. Some people just are, are into that, you know, there's a lot of stress and pressure, you know, just like anything, you get one time to get it right. You know, there's, there's uh, I, I always say, oh, if something's not right, you can take it back and get another one because it's mass, mass produced. But when, you, when you're when you doing an event and then you're delivering an event um, across the ball, that you've got one chance to get that right. And, you know, it's not like, oh, start, let's go again. Can in this, because we're stopping, we're older and we, we can edit out everything we don't like, <laughs> you know, but, you know, which, um, which, which is interesting, really, especially with the new stuff that we've, we've just got involved in, that, you, you, you know, with live, that's the thing, that's the buzz, I think, that hooks everyone, you know, and technology, you know, you know I started off techie, so for me, it's always about all the cool stuff we can do. Um, with AV so uh, you know and that's just sort of you know migrated on from there I guess that's what you've kind of how you've um, and I'm, I'm conscious that I've got a sign in the background that says this but I don't want to say pivoted because for me companies like you have always always had the ability to deliver what many are doing now which is online broadcasts streams bringing people yeah. in the technologies existed the talent as far as I'm considered uh, as far as I can I'm concerned existed you know, it, it was just a case of the, the wider industry, people who managed or delivered events had to change their mindset from doing that physically to moving it to a online or a hybrid model. And that's what I've seen over the last you know, few months is people really kind of switching their mindset. But, but you guys existed with all this technology and all this ability for, for like yeah, what, just what, just decade yeah. or something? Yeah, I mean, well, uh, we said, uh, you know, off air before we came on, you know, green screen technology, which we have on ours, it's been around TV and film for years. You know, you're watching films and TV all the time of it. You know, the news is like that on TV. This is not, this is just, it's just, especially from a corporate side of, of, of events, that's, it's just new. It's a new scenario for them. So, you know, it's how you, uh, so, so answering your question about technology, yes, yes, the technology is there. There's, we, we, we all have it. At our disposal, which is great because rather than pivot, we use the word agile. We go mm -hmm. to agile, we just turn ourselves, we turn our ship to go, well, we can use the technology, we purpose it in a different way, in a different scenario, a different setting. Um, but then it's just now educating uh, our clients and our customers to understand how that works. If you, if you take a live event, um, and we've just, we've just done this with, um, with a, the studio shoot a couple of days ago, when the speakers come on, they're used to, if, you've, if they've not worked in TV, for example, they're used to coming on stage, doing a rehearsal, there's people in the room, and then they're presenting to a thousand plus uh, in there and presenting their, their slides in that way. Now you're on a, in a studio, in a room with three of us, and you're standing on a, a green background and you're talking to no one. And, and that can be quite daunting. So again, service level, that's the bit we're good at is that we would then say, well, look, this is how you do it. This is what we're doing. We, we just make sure, sort of 
you know, reassure them that, you know, yes, this is different. I'm not going to sit here and say this is the same as turning up at the O2 and standing on stage. It's, it's not that. Um, but, but what it is, is it's this, we're going to give you the same delivery piece once it goes out, uh, whether it's a pre-record um, stream or a live one. And I think, I think that's the bit that, you know, where, where all of the, the companies like ourselves are, are agile to do that and, and come up with the solution. It's then just sort of aiding the, the client to understand what it is they need to do. Because, you know, like us as the service provider, that these clients that own the events that are now having to work out how they, they, they work out the ROI for that, their customers that, that, that bought into that live event, how they run it into a virtual event, um, you know, to get hybrid for the minute, how they work into a virtual event, mm -hmm. and then how do we do, how does that get delivered and what does it look like, you know? Yeah. And then the final one, how much does it cost? Yeah. Well, that's the new bit. That's the new bit in the industry for us, you know, from the research we've done and, and the inquiries we've had since launching it is, is like that they're just there's no real finger of where that is in the air to well I've, well i think i've got that what would that look like and that's that's good because you get dialogue you know you're getting dialogue with people where we've spent three four months plus lots in our cupboards in our <laughs> in our houses waiting to, be able to talk to someone so so it's nice to be able to even have a conversation for me it's interesting. I'm gonna to have to pick a few things out there. It's it's really interesting you say about speakers and and not having that experience of you know talking just to a camera. Not even like we're you know I can see you, you can see me. We can have relatively a conversation like we would in the you know if we were face to face right now. But like you say, when you have to speak into a camera, there's there's very little feedback right apart from the distraction of the people maybe around you which you obviously yeah. want to block out yeah. as a speaker you don't want to focus on that yeah. i've interestingly seen some things there's a really famous speaker in america i forget his, his name escapes me right now but he talks to people about um the stock market and, and making money on the stock market and the crazy thing that he had to do to make himself feel comfortable he he had something like a hundred screens set up with the people on the other end with cameras that got cameras he was using zoom i think just so he could see other people's faces like you would reaction that. Yeah. yeah yeah exactly people's yeah. human human reaction you know we're as humans we're used to interacting with people you know it's you know they, they, there's a lot about mental well-being as, as you've seen in the press documented you know across across the country and obviously that's had an effect on people because we've all been locked away you know, under the government's instructions um, so I think it is, and, and that's because it's human interaction. It's having, you know, humans need interaction. We're not the best on our own, you know, with people mm. talk to people, you know. Um, I saw someone on LinkedIn about, um, it was an NHS worker that was, I think they were in a care home. They weren't allowed to, they're not allowed to hug the patient, but she breached it because this woman was 92 years old and hadn't had a hug from her daughter in God knows how many months. So she's, she broke the rules, but she's done, and I just said, but that's human interaction. We need it. Mm around in events hugging each other but the point is that as you said the dialogue and that guy that was presenting in america need you know needs to see people because um we talk about it in our studio and they go well, you've got a little ticker of how many people are watching you online brilliant yeah. <laughs> it's a number <laughs> that's a number that's, yeah you know yes we can do like what the guys did in the states but that's obviously a big cost and you know you're gonna need a bigger room but but yeah, that's that's the difference. That's the marker. That's the difference between us is that you, you, the interaction is still quite limited virtually. Yeah, you're missing the when you walk into a room and whether you're speaking or not, you miss the vibe, the electricity, the the atmosphere, yeah. don't you? Yeah, of, of everything that's, that's happening. And I think that's where, as mm. corporates and event organisers, working with you know teams like yourself really helps smooth things over. Like making a speaker feel comfortable is going to make their presentation better it's going to make the experience and the engagement better for the ultimately the people that are tuning in to watch that yeah. and i've seen a lot of organizers potentially make mistakes by trying to do it themselves with their own in-house teams and my point to them is like listen you would never dream of running the big screen at your on your main stage yeah, and the yeah, sound yeah. and the lighting and the camera guy you, your team wouldn't do that you bring professionals into that so if you have the budget and that's the big question is what is the budget because there's, there's a wide yeah, budget yeah um you know invest in the teams that you would at live events to to be your extended team and, and you know they've got decades of knowledge that you will never be able to obtain 
So trusting them and their skills and investing in that platform is one thing, right? I think that's why everybody's focused recently is platform, platform, platform. Like what are the platforms out there? Can I use a Hopping? Can I use a Zoom? Can I use a, a, any of the other suppliers that are out there? And yes, they can supply you great technologies for that, for that kind of the, the thing that encompasses it all. But you still need to have great presentations. You still need to have great AV and you still need to have the production value, as far as I'm concerned, that you would expect of your of your live event. Yeah, that, that, that resonates. It's the, the other bit when we sat around as a team before we, we, we launched the, the, the new department of that was exactly that. It was, I need to give the customers, <clears throat> we as a team need to go out and say, you've got as, we've got as much as we can physically get, get into the virtual world that we give you in a live event. So, so whether that's the creativity, the animations, all the stuff they normally see from us on a pre-pod point of view to then the delivery and that for us was the critical piece was how we normally support our agencies and our clients is that's what they get from us now we need to do that in the virtual how do we do that and and, and, you know, and I, I badgered the life out of my team and it was a, it was this was a group effort to get to this and um and that was it it was about what is it we can give them that's a production value into that because that's our skill set you know will it work ben yes it will and they're going to believe me and trust me because we've got a great relation that's even with new clients as well yeah. We've managed to talk to some really um, great new potential customers on this. And again, just dialogue. We wouldn't necessarily, because they've got long-standing relationships with their supplier that they already their production partner they already have. It's fine. It's competition. It's, we, we respect that. Quite nice to be engaged with them in a different conversation, which was virtual. So and how do we do that? So I was trying to pick up on key words that we and phrases we normally use in the live scenario. So they had some, they would then be able to reference it when they're talking to the team internally. Well, this is what they've said, showcase, and this is what the cost is, and this, these are the things, because they're words that people, green screen's not a word that people are used to hearing in our industry. So yeah. um, so that's why they were, I think it helped us get those sort of conversations going, was because we used some of those elements of the live scenario of our expertise, as you say, to, to, get, it, to get it across the line. Ben, could you tell us about some of the work that you have been planning and delivering them? Yeah, so, so we, we've been looking into how to do all of this, what to do, what, what is the customer needs and, and what we can offer that's different to, to essentially the competition. Um, so delivery for us has, has literally just happened. So we've, we started filming um, our first event, which is going to be a pre-recorded uh, event, uh, which has been quite interesting when we've been learning what people want. And um, interestingly for us, it was very much, we used to be talking, talking about live and everything's live. These, these, these clients are very used to, putting big budgets into us and investing their trust and time into us to be able to deliver them for live, where we all know lots can go wrong, especially with the good word technology. Um, and um, absolutely fine. If I said, well, how would you like to do this? Would you like to run a live stream or would you pre-record it? No, pre-record. We want to pre-record. We don't want anything to go wrong. And I think, again, that's just nervousness around the, what we call the new way to, to deliver events currently. And I think that's for us, is, I, I find that fascinating because we're so used to doing everything live and all of the clients are so used to doing everything live. A million and one things, not just what we do, can go wrong on a live event. Um, and you try and obviously mitigate all of that risk before you go out live as, as a production team. Um, but then when it came to this, no, we, we want a lot is to be pre-recorded. We, we'd love to do it live because we think, you know, you, we can do it. And we, you know, I think it's like now we can talk and it's, it, it, it moves freer. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we, we so to answer that question about when we go uh, and what we're doing is is with delivering our events now. Again, historically for us as as a company, we we normally go quieter in the in the summer months. We would have naturally been doing some outdoor events for for the likes of Cancer Research and Ironman that we've done for many years. Mm. Cancelled from that point of view, um, and um, so naturally for us, this this back end of the year is when we would start being busy again in the live market. So. Um, I think clients are still trying to keep their date lines in that point. So, you know, ask me this in December and I, I, I'll give you lots of lots of different scenarios of events we've done. But yeah, so for us, we planned all through the summer to get this right and get this out. I can only go on inquiries and say, you know, I yeah. think we might have hit the nail on the head for what people need. Um, and, and we'll grow it from there, which is why why you, you've seen us with some, some of the advertising and when we've launched this, with yourselves and, and, and others it's about a new department because i think it's going to stay with us this won't be a fad this will not come and go this will be part of us and i think people will see the value in streaming outside of the live event as well to audiences that can and can't you know because there's going to be some countries and regions around because we work around the world 
there's going to be some parts of the world that can come out of this pandemic quicker than others. Um, so then there will be delegates uh, and people that are going to want to come onto that event that may not be able to, but the event will run because let's be honest, most has cancelled for 2020 and we're now focusing on 2021 market. So, so uh, that's why we've spent the time, money and effort to get this as, as, a, as a department, an arm of our, our live events uh, offering for showcase. I think there's there's two really interesting points you, you make there. Um, one about the way that people are thinking about producing these events at the moment and what that might mean long term. And your second part, which is about this is the new normal. This is like this is what's going to go forward. And I'm thinking that we're going to automatically switch back by, I don't know, by March next year to full live and all those budgets are going to go back. And I don't think that's going to happen because I think people have woken up to the possibility, which is an exciting prospect as well, of, of being able to do these things. So to your point about, you know, the way that people are thinking of delivering content, I think online scares them, video recording scares them. I, I think actually, although there's probably less control in that environment of you being there in the in person, you feel like you've got more control over the environment, right? And you can at least yeah, yeah. things. I don't know if you agree, but I see actually organizers and especially media and publishing companies almost becoming more they're going to do lots of different things when it comes around to, to, to online events i can see pre-record being a way to build anticipation of the event coming up at the live part you know mm -hmm. having some really good sessions as, as teaser sessions bringing people in maybe some free content if it's a paid for event and things like that as a way to market and drive registration and attendance. I think, you know, let's be honest about it, there's gonna be speakers and individuals that just can't be available at that moment in time. Yeah. They've got busy yeah. schedules, maybe they're maybe they're not available just at that, that point. Or maybe it's a time zone thing, like, right? It's it's you know, does anybody really buddy wanted to speak and deliver a live session at two o'clock in the morning when the event's in a in a different region? It's probably not gonna work. So I think that simulive kind of stuff will play a massive role. And I actually think organizers and corporates and savvy people will, will actually use that as, as a, like evergreen content as well as a way to spin up engagement. What we're doing at Event Tech Live, interestingly, is, is we are having lots of Simulive um, just to make sure it can be all polished. But then we're actually gonna be using a, a, the live stream to bring in the high keynote speakers and almost like a TV channel during the live event yeah, to yeah. bring attention to, to what we're doing. Event, you just said the word event TV. It's yeah, a, yeah. It's, it is it is like that it, and i think you're right that simulive is a good word um and i i think it will definitely the, the pre-event definitely draw attention the one thing i would say from our experience of what we've been talking about with uh, you know as i said some of our key accounts that have now gone virtual and have trusted us to, to to push that out for them uh, in into the virtual market is trying to get the, the roi is really difficult at the moment because they're you know some events have moved twice possibly even three times in the space of six months trying to guess when the government allows us trying to guess if the pandemic will get under control trying to guess if there's going to ever be a vaccine you know in the next six to 12 months and then there's a realization that no the safest bet to go true to their customers and the delegation that's going to come to that event in the normal world would have then said okay well we won't offer you know, we'll offer it for free. We won't, we won't charge for it. So I think that has to happen, you know, in that, which we have to be sensitive with our cost point for that, because, you know, these, these aren't the same budgets as they were when they were live for the obvious reason. The economy's been damaged, the industry's damaged. Um, and then I think, I think from that point on, it will then slowly grow like we know with a hybrid and then get back to live. But interestingly, the, the virtual side, as you say, will stay. And, and, and that it will be the offering of the video, as you said, like a, 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 a pre-teaser for, the, for the, what will be live and, and an opportunity, like you say, to, to, dial, to dial in book on and, and pay for that event when it goes live. And again, like any digital media, there's the, the, every time you're staring at this screen, there's an opportunity to, to sell. If you look at YouTube and how they do it, you look at all the gamers and there's, you know, kids are sponsored, you know, because you've got someone stuck to the screen for X amount of hours, there's a that 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 sixteen nine <laughs> image you're staring at as we are now. There's things popping up and doing things. So there's always that ability on the, any platform to be able to to advertise. So you you'll know this with your event. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. You know, once you've got someone on the screen, there there, there will there. I think um, I think uh, clients will then 
see there is an ROI for them to be able to use this. It's still new <coughs> as an offering for, for events. Um, it, it isn't polished, it isn't all straight there. It isn't all doing the same thing in a different way. You know, if you look at live events, we're all doing the same thing, but coming up with our own creative, our own designs to support the, 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 the event producers to, to deliver their event. With the virtual, everyone's doing something a little bit different, you know, so, which is a good thing, I think, because yeah. <coughs> we need to try and, you know, you know, drive income into our businesses. I think there's so many different ways, and I think that's partly the problem of people trying to figure it out is what's the value of their audience? Are they, you know, are they the CEOs of big tech companies or pharma companies and the spend with them is, is astronomical if a deal comes off? Or is mm. it, you know, just... I hate to say Joe Blogs, but if it's, it's just the general run-of-the-mill person, like what's the value on your audience? And then what's the value to that person who wants to give you money or is happy to spend money on yeah. being a part of that? Is it eyeballs? Is it just sheer volume because they want a brand exposure? Do they actually prefer to have just really 10 solid, qualified, pre-organized meetings with a certain audience type and a certain demographic? And actually they're willing to pay more for that. There's retargeting campaigns that could be done around audience i mean look at twitch like twitch has built a business out of essentially yeah. live streaming for free and then providing layers of income to their creators by saying okay well we're going to create the mechanism for you to get paid but we're going to take a cut now if you take the events or the events industry when it comes to speakers and content and content creators what we tend to do is we book them and pay for them up front and then sell off the back of their name but wouldn't it be interesting if we got an audience that we could say, well, listen, I will pay you this as a speaker to come, but we're going to facilitate a way for you to get extra income by a sponsor being able to just choose you and put your message out, or you get a, a share of the advertising budget uh, rev, rev, or maybe even people can tip you and say, wow, that, that session was amazing. Like, here's five quid. Now, five quid might not sound like a lot. But if you've got thousands of people doing yeah. that, that's a yeah. lot of income for that speaker potentially because of the audience. And that's how people make money on YouTube and people make money on Twitch. So I think part of the problem at the moment is the industry has not really gone down the route of selling digital, right? That we, we, we've, yeah. we've sold physical and we've done that really, really well. I mean, there's nobody better than selling physical. I mean, we're better than like... Um, people that own retail uh, shop fronts and, and offices, uh, office blocks and stuff like that. We, we sell square meters. At, at I, I think, I think we're great. I think we're, as an industry, we're very, you know, and there's a lot of clever people out there. Um, and I, I think for them, we're very, we're very good at creating a message and getting a message out there. Mm. People yeah. come to this, you know, even if they've come to this, is, this is the brand, this is how we need it. We need to get that message out there. You know, wherever you are in that in in the food chain from from an event, that I think we're very good as an industry getting the message out there. So I completely agree with that. That's, yeah, we're one of the best industries out there for that. Yeah, we just need to figure out how to monetize that, and we will do. Yeah, you know, mm. and each individual event organizer or type of event will have their own monetizing strategy. There might be more than one. Do you know what I mean? But what's interesting to me is actually as a sector there's a massive potential opportunity to get lots more budget from other sec other pockets of budget that we wouldn't have got, like digital advertising and marketing and things like that. Bring it in, and actually that will make our industry even better and more buoyant because the same suppliers are going to, you know, you guys are going to do the live and the virtual, so the, the budget's going to yeah. come your way. The budget's going to go into the organisation. Hopefully, hopefully. Oh, no, no, it, 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 it will, mate, it will. I think, you know, don't get me wrong, I totally appreciate as a supplier and we all know some of the stories that are happening you know right now about companies that just aren't able to see things through yeah that but but for those that are still around and maybe the new companies that pop up let's be honest about it, maybe the new companies that could pop do up. you could i mean you touch on that we, we talked off air about this it's, a, it is, it's, it's, it's and i think unfortunately with the news of what happened with blitz on monday mm. I, I don't i don't think you know that that's we all, competition. You need competition in any yeah, in economy because obviously that's how we all drive to be better and, and you need to compete to be able to obviously succeed and, and, and get your business to where you want it to. Blitz is it? You talk about institution at the start of this. Mm. That's that's an institution that's been around a long time. Blitz, um, you know, and a lot of those people within Blitz are, are, would have known in the early days growing up. So the point of that. The point of me bringing that up is that there's, I, I hope not, but I just, I worry for the big guys that have obviously got a lot of cost 
uh, and a lot of people to deliver those events is that any more go after this and, and my fear is the JRS when that stops yeah happen you know the, when the government turns the tap off um, and I've seen a lot of lobbying from our industry about extending furlough uh, scheme for you know pockets of industries I'm not so sure that will happen you know any much has been bailed out so far but um, and that's an opinion of mine but um, I hope to God there's no more that, that happen like blitz because there's you know there's a lot of talent that's just just gone to the wayside and you think of all that they would have invested in technology wise you know one of the biggest rental houses in the country um, and and from that point of view we need to we need to all sort of rally around to try and come up with these other ideas to gain the revenue because if someone sees you know I, I'm fully aware someone might say well, actually I like what Showcase have done we're well off of that and we'll do it in our way that's competition right so we know that's going to happen but if it means they're still around for when we come out of the blocks for live event then then that, that's great you know obviously we'd love to have major market share yeah you know it is you know it is one of those things and it's all now about survival you know it's about for everyone every every company our side of the fence, the other side of the fence, you know, because you got what you be talking about. We're talking about us today, but what you actually say is, well, if the client's not running an event, that that client's got the same problem as us because yeah. all the money they draw in, for income for their event. So we're all in the same boat, paddling away. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you, Ben. I think um, the the word of the moment is solidarity, in it, you know, competi yeah, yeah. competition yeah. aside, when, yeah. when when we can be competitive again and we can have those you know, cheeky conversations around the bar with our competitors and, and you know, yeah. have a laugh yeah. and all that kind of stuff, then there's yeah. a place for that. At the moment, now it's about the industry coming together. Yeah, I think you're right. I, I don't think, personally, I don't think my opinion is, I don't think the furlough scheme is going to end up rolling for pockets because for the government that would create an environment which then every sector would have a reason to get yeah. support. And yeah. Ultimately, the government's paying for it now, but it will be us that pay for it in the long run. Um, Completely agree. And I personally, I think with the, I know they've put this 1.5 billion into the arts, and I think they feel that that's events. And you know, I know a lot of it will get swallowed up by big venues and things like that. Institutions again that need to be kept around. Don't get me wrong, but as an industry, I I I think they feel like they've ticked the box. And they really haven't. They really haven't. I mean, I, I, the answer to that is I don't think the government knows what, what it is they, they bailed out in, in inverted commas. You know, you know, there is theatres. There's a lot of theatres. You know, I know a lot of people, you know, and our industry is heavily um, invested by freelancers, whether that's a freelance events producer um, or freelance technicians. You think about what we do. Yeah. We don't have, uh, you know, an of men of technicians sat on the shelf with the kit waiting to pick them off to go out and do an event mm. freelancers so they're they're their own business in their own rights and i know a lot of people that have also have got hit trouble because of this and i don't think the government the government is looking at the venues are clearly affected you know we could go on all day talking about the, the list of people and companies uh, that, are, that are affected by this but the, the one the, the, the 1.5 billion as you say that that where's that gone where's that yeah. gone? Because I, I completely agree with what I see on, on the likes of LinkedIn and, and all the other socials where, where people stand up and talk about it. Is that we, as, as the events, especially on the corporate side, with what we do is, um, with, with AV companies, you know, set companies, you know, furniture rental companies, caterers, we are 100% missed. There's, there's no question, no question at all. Um, and I agree, the theatres, you know, there's you know, some very old theatres there that are in trouble, I, I understand. It's not mine, I've never been on that side of the industry. Um, but when you talk to some of the techies that are out there that do do theatre stuff, you know, and I know there are some AV companies that service that industry solely. So, so for that side of things, that's obviously damaging for them. So I agree, money needs to go into that, but money needs to go into us as an industry. Of the industry as well same with festivals um same with you know concerts all of the, everyone has been affected somewhere because some of those providers you know we're not rock and roll but some of the rock and roll trucking companies think about think about all those tours all the musicians all the tours i know our event partner that delivers all of our haulage for us massively affected by it because there's obviously nothing going out the door yeah and, and, and you see it with pubs you, you, you know, everyone said, oh, the pubs, I mean, we had that surge, we all, we all needed a pint, we all ran out the door in the first two days and we all got absolutely <laughs> just before. And then, and then I was, and I was, what funny enough, I was walking to the studio and I said it to my colleague and I just said, 
Oh, I've walked past three pubs, all shut. And there we go. It's the cost of opening is outweighing the amount of custom. And, and that is where we're at. And it's interesting, like, the, and I know this from our industry, how closely festivals, events, B2B events are connected with hospitality and the high street and the bars and the restaurants around places like, I'm gonna, I was going to call it GMEX then, but like things like Manchester Central and Olympia and all that kind of stuff. And they brought this eat out to help out scheme, mm. but how much money has been missed by all of those bars, pubs, restaurants, yeah. hotel chains and travel yeah. industry through events being restricted to the point where they're not allowed to go ahead or they're now in the position where masks have got to be wear. So are people outside of the events industry going to be that really inclined to go and wear a mask for six hours at a conference? Probably, probably not, right? Because they're uncomfortable after you've been in Tesco for 20 minutes. I don't, well, you've done it. You, you said you go and pick up your shopping for a mask, fine, not a problem. Fill up your car, go in, fine. To go then to this hybrid of 30 people and now we've got to wear a mask, um, to take it off when we're having our dinner in a restaurant. It's just, I, I'm not quite sure how many people be comfortable spending, you know, a few hours, like you say, which is an average, so an average business meeting or, or a net, small networking event. How are they going to do it? How, how, how you're just, you're just, oh, this is, this is too much like work. We're, we're not, we're not going to do that. And then that then that puts off the event organizing. Oh, well, we're not going to run that now. So we're back to the supplier, the venue. And it all comes back down again, which is where I think it was with the hospitality side. The pub's great. Same hotels. They're not opening yet because yeah. they're not enough, enough bedroom and business travel will be affected. We are one of the only industry. Oh, I say not one of the only. We probably are the industry that controls audiences and mass participation events the best. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, in, in all outdoors, no matter what you're doing, because it's all about data capture, especially in the corporate world. You go exhibitions and got all about data, 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 capturing who's coming, getting the leads to be able to, to, to sell on to the, to the customer that's going to attend that event because they want to meet people and sell their product. And, and the government's unsure, you know, how to do that. And, 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 you know, I'm a football fan, but I was like, as soon as they let the, they let the stadiums open, we've got a good chance our industry will open. So I just want a football match with people. And then I'm comfortable knowing that we'll then be able to have an, have an event. So, um, and, and that, but that doesn't even look like any time soon. So, so. Um, Could you imagine somebody on the, on the entrance of exhibitions and corporate events just, uh, can I have your name and telephone number and jotting it down on a, on a, a it just, it, it, it wouldn't happen. I mean, no. start, it'd be a data security issue and GDPR issue, wouldn't it, around events? But yeah. right, we, we keep people safe the best. We track and trace the best. We deal with people that have had too much alcohol or possibly drugs. Like we're almost like the police on on steroids. I think what security does, yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, then, yeah absolutely. Like, yeah. We we have the best medical provision at festivals and events. We we mm. our job is to take care of people for a certain amount of time and let them enjoy yeah. either business content or or consumer content, whatever. Um, so but health and safety. If you remember, sorry to interrupt, but health no, no, no. It was a big thing over the last 12 months, again, pre-pandemic. If you think about what you saw in the media, I'm sure you've covered it. Um, and our venues are run so, so well, so, so tight. There's stringent um, parameters and markers in there for us as a supplier. So again, one of the safest. So, so when you go and look at, well, they set up the Nightingale, who did they use event suppliers? I know the army were involved, but they used event suppliers. So, so what the point is, they should give us a little bit of trust and not treat us like everyone else that they think we can't control things and give us a chance to, to demonstrate. Look, if there's a spike, if something happens, I get it like anything else, you see a spike, it's got, you know, no one wants to get ill for, you know, just, just to keep all the companies alive. But we also do need to be putting a step forward to, to navigate through that. You know, no difference if we talk about the virtual. We've got to put a step forward to work it through for everyone to go, right, this is how you do it share best practices this industry we talk about partnerships you know we, we share best practice to get this industry alive and then i think we've all we can all breathe a big big sigh of relief that it's mm. coming again i'm not saying we've recovered overnight you know i, I believe in a hit recession I mean, well, this is a happy chat so we <laughs> you know but the point is we need to be going to try and combat recession as well to try and keep that industry because again if we've got people meeting coming across and, and you know you talk about time zones i think our industry actually is one of those industries that doesn't really matter about time zones if, you, if there's a plane people you know people will travel in, in in the business environment and get across to that 
to that location they need to. So it, well, that will then help the travel industry, you know. We're not the, the, the sole industry that's going to make the, the country get back on its feet again. But right now, we're not on our feet. And I think that's the, the message I'm trying to say is we're not on our feet. We're nowhere near it as an industry. And we need to, we need to get back up to, to, prove, to prove to the government that you need to let us out and let us go. I guess then, Ben, as a, as a bit of a, a final thought, what do you think is ahead of us as an industry over the next maybe six, 12 months, something like that? And I'm asking you to stare into a bit of a crystal ball, but it'd be interesting to know what your, your point of view is as a, as a supplier now. Yeah, I'd say our, our crystal ball is the business plan. Mm. Is that's, that's probably the closest, you know, that's our realistic uh, uh, crystal ball. is looking at when we think live events is going to, you know, it's affected us, you know. We've lost obviously a lot of income because of it. And, and it's when is it, when's, when's, when's start? When's the start date? <clears throat> This, the, 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 the virtual and the hybrid, we've got the four key markers for that. We will, give, we will gain some income, that's great. We can build some events back up for people. That's, that's a great thing, but truly back to live events, a personal opinion, I've, I would say March next year, my, my, my concern is if they don't allow the uh, people to move around the country free, more freer than what we are, then I don't think you're going to get the confidence of people, audiences to come back. And if we focus on what we are as a business, the corporate market, because yeah. they need, our clients need footfall for, for, for their event to run. Otherwise it's going to just cost, it's going to be counterproductive, it's going to cost too much. Therefore it won't, it won't run as an event. And, and I've got, and I've heard a few, a few people say about, oh, we're now realigning potential dates next year, moving them on a month because where we had that that spike, um, it was in Manchester way, wasn't it? <laughs> stay in, stay in. Is, is, is that it moved us all back another yeah. two or three weeks. So, so now it is starting to affect 2021's plans. Um, that, that worries me. But my, 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 if I was doing the crystal ball, I would say March, April next year uh, as an opinion. And I, and I think there's a few like me that share that. Um, I want to be wrong. I want to be starting in January and, and, and you know, touch wood, we, 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 we can and, 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 you know, we're confident we can do it. And I'm sure the likes of the companies we work for um, have got the skill set as well to come up with a way. We support them all the way as well to, to be able to deliver it earlier if the government lets us out. Yeah, and I think it's really important, like you say, that the government does let us do that. There's, there's nobody better in our industry to do it safely. Um, it's what we do. Um, I know I'm working on my plan for Event Tech Live, and it all makes sense. Um, there's a financial element to it, I'm sure, for most organisers, because safe events take up more space at the moment. But the government really needs to do something sharpish, otherwise the fact that we can't organize events for our customers will mean that they start to lose money and and if people think that we're in a recession now you know events are so integrated it's so integrated in yeah. the facilitation of money and, and business happening and, and the, you know everything being buoyant it'll it'll take a massive hit it'll, it'll and i think and, and, and yeah and you see and you see some of these companies um that are saying that you're not to come back to work until you know earliest January next year. You know, so people aren't navigating through into London, um, which we do a lot. But most of, I'll say, most of our work in London or when we're abroad. But is if you're not coming to these big cities to, to, to work, then we're not going to get people come, you know wanting to come in. And is that because obviously London is a congestion of people in there? There really isn't. It's you know I, I'm, I'm going in there weekly now, and and they're really not. You know. I, trains i posted something up on my facebook uh, it was 8 15 and there was three of us on the platform wow it's madness yeah. last week That's so mental. london's not open <laughs> it's it, you know there's there's things happening but it's it's it, my again my experience coming out just outside of the m25 and in so but that's that was really that's really it's you know talk to the cab drivers yeah, you know, yeah. i think we're morbid you want to speak to them they're you know <laughs> They're going for four hours without, you know, it's just there's so many people in life that have been hit by this. You know, as I said, our equivalent, the freelancers, you know, they're all being hammered. Yeah. Hammered you know, and if we haven't got the work, they haven't got the work. So. And the danger is if that talent has or is forced to leave the industry yeah. elsewhere, yeah. it's not, you know, the, the knowledge and the experience that these guys 
about, and girls that, ha that have, that's what makes the industry so great is that they have years of experience and understanding and, and, and when something does go wrong, they know how to fix it so quickly that hardly anybody notices. And if that, it's not like you can go to the university and all of a sudden become a, a lighting technician or a rigger or a sound engineer or, or know how to, you know, even, even crew, like crew understand them, crew companies, like yeah. how yeah. things work. You can't just bring people in, random people, and go right, nah. move all that stuff over there and do it safely. And like, and that's the biggest danger to our sector is that they will have no choice but to go and find other work. And 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 I think rightly so. Would they would they be scared or, or cautious to come back to an industry that's at risk? Because they're going to go and think, well, I, I, I'm safe here, kind of thing. At the moment, I've got a job. Like, why go back? Yeah. Yeah, I, we, we, I found if this was about 18 months ago, I was talking to our ops director and I said, we need some more young blood. And from the AV side, when you look at the tech, there's some, you know, my age and older. So we're all, we're all you know, it's, it's a young person's game, the, the audiovisual side of it. It's heavy, mm. it's always unsociable hours. <laughs> you know, there's, they don't really do like it. So, and, you know, the flight case, heavy, you know, loaded and unloading lots of trucks. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I, I, I was just watching one day on, the, on a job we were installing. I just, I, was a, and I just, we need more young blood. And I started, and funny enough, last year I started seeing more, more youngsters coming through, which was great because obviously that's the industry that needs to re-evolve and, and a lot of clever, a lot of clever kids out there. Um, and, um, and that was really nice. But now if obviously this, this stops us and, and they're not earning a crust, then they're going to obviously, like you said, go off and have to, you know, drive a van or whatever it might be that, that earns them away, you know, so, and, and, you know, you know, there's a couple of people I know that have gone off into different industries because they need to earn, earn a living. And, and that would be a shame to lose the talent because, because what I do believe is going back to the point just a moment ago is when it comes back with the crystal ball, I think when it does come back, it's going to come back with, with um, ferociousness about how hard it will how many things? Well, because we, we, one thing, once I think one or two big shows run, then I think, and we need one, one or two big shows to run. We want one or two shows to run because I think that gives so many people comfort. You know, I saw, I saw one event. I think it was Hive had put it on LinkedIn um, in China that had run. Yeah. <laughs> so we do need, we do need to see more of that around the world, um, uh, especially for us, because as I said, we deliver events around the world. We're not just UK based. But for that point of view, we need to see that more in our country to be able to, to get it going. And if we can get one big show to go, I think the rest will follow. Um, and March, April, you know, next year it comes back and it'd be good, it'd be good. But again, we all need to still be here as, as companies and individuals to be able to deliver that for them. Exactly. Those, those big shows don't, don't run without thousands of people working on them and, and hundreds of suppliers, right? And if they're not around, right. then all of a sudden, how can that event even go ahead? So it's, it's, it's constant, this constant trickle-down effect of everything's connected. Like you say, the organizers need to get the go-ahead that they can run, but that needs to happen quickly enough and, and money needs to exchange hands so the supply chain is there and they can, pay, and they can put things in place. You know, things like, let's take Farber International. I know one supplier has a million pound capex on that every single year. That's out to how they refresh their stock and things like that that goes into the rest of the industry. If that event can't happen, then that money's not invested in the stock and the technicians and the staff. That doesn't get a bit, that is not then made available to other event organizers and other events because that's how it's funded. Um, so yeah. <coughs> Baby, I, I, I agree with that. Baby, I do think you've got to, and people obviously that they, they, they want a penny pinch to keep you know keep the purse strings tight because they're all trying to survive. But equally, we we've got a lot of loyal customers mm -hmm. um, that, that have been very good to us over the years. Equally, we have to them and give them as, as much added value as we can. You know, um, I've got we've got a couple of clients. You know, I'll just throw it on the back of the van that type of chat. It's, you know, it's it's done in jest and and we laugh and joke about the magic calculator comes out. But actually, now is the time to be able to try and support. The, the clock because we well we're not sure what Lord you need us to do this is what we you know we've done you know we've done I mean we've even offered a free event for one client that you know we've been working for five years completely new to them it's an end user they don't, they're not they don't have an events team so we just said look to, to show the ball to show all of the, the key stakeholders what this means for your sales team to be able to go out and sell their product let's just do one let's just show you because I think 
you know, we've done the demos, we've shown them around the studio virtually. That all really helps them understand the lovely e-document that we put out and all the glossy literature and lovely marketing videos we've done. But actually, because you can't touch and feel, you can't yeah. see because you are stuck behind the screen. And I said, let's do one for you to get to grips with it because I think once you've seen it, and, and you know, that's, that's what we need to do. That's what we all need to do as suppliers to, to our clients to give them where we can. And I'm sure they are. I'm not, I don't think I'm probably telling anyone any new news today, but that, that it's just to re, you know, re-echo that is that's the best way to support. Because ultimately, without, you, without your customers, you haven't got a business. Without your staff, you can't deliver the business. So this is we are really one big team that all needs to come together to be able to get that out. And as long as you're not too short-sighted, because it's very easy to look at the bank balance and go, oh, Jesus, we need to we need to do something about this. Hmm. But we need to sort of be forward thinking. A very proactive approach would probably be the best, albeit we're still all locked up and you know running at 10% workforce, for example, in, in certain companies, then then you're gonna you're gonna need to really dial in together to, to literally pull this out. Brilliant, Ben. I guess on that note then, for anybody that's been listening or hearing um, or watching, should I say, today's podcast, where's the best place to get them in, uh, get in touch with you if they want to talk to you about how you might be able to support their virtual hybrid physical events going going forward? You can obviously go online to showcase-avi.com and you'll be able to see them um, forward slash live streaming. So you'll see all the information of what we, we've just launched as that's offering. And obviously you can contact me directly at ben at showcase-avi.com. Uh, all the numbers are also on the site. Uh, and then all of our socials, which are at showcase-avi. I know you've got um, an excellent brochure that you sent me as well that's just been released with an overview of everything that you can do, that, that full service um opportunity which i think there's a lot of organizers and corporates out there that need somebody like you that can just take care of everything for them um so we'll link to that back to your website or something in in the show notes and on the, on the post and stuff so people thank can you very much grab a hold of that ben um thank you for coming on today and explaining what you're doing no pleasure and thanks thank for you me. thank you for that being very brutal and honest about where our industry is you know it's not all roses at the moment and i think um it'll be a breath of fresh air for for others that are listening to 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 hear your experience and your thoughts because they resonate with me specifically well thank you just just an opinion and i'm known to be a little bit black and white the the, the world is formed the formed around opinion though mate so ben thanks for coming along today and um we'll probably get you back on another one maybe March or something like that. Oh, pleasure. Yeah, I love to chat. I love to chat. I've got to go on for another three hours if I'm honest. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Ben, thanks a lot. And we'll we'll catch you in the next one. All the best. Thank you.